Welcome to Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. This podcast is a collection of historical and philosophical references, contemplations, lectures, and exchanges with David M. Valadez, his students, and guests. Podcasts are recorded on the mat at the Ascension Center in Southern California and in studio. These podcasts are provided to cultivate the warrior on the way and to add light to their path. Okay, so we just completed another uh, GUAZA coaching session using control devices. Okay, and we'll link this uh, podcast episode to the video. So having completed that training with all those coaching tips, um, are there any questions? And you have one, so let's hear it. So you mentioned Taquan Soho a while ago in the book, The Unfettered Mind. And one of the things I noticed in the book was, I'm going to have to paraphrase the yeah. language, but we'll just say the word freedom. Uh-huh. It went along the lines of, in order to free your mind, you can't think about freeing your mind. And when you realize you freed your mind, your mind is captured again by yes. the thought that you freed it. Yes. As Nage, Yes. Don't predict the technique. Try yes. to have an empty mind. And then I either get shocked into I have no idea what to do. Or it's almost as if I'm trying to fool myself, trying to wait to the very last minute to predict what I'm gonna do. Yes. And so uh, in in so Takuan was a, a Buddhist trained uh, practitioner and he is familiar with the the term upaya from the Sanskrit, and this is usually translated in English as skillful means. And this is, um, let me put it in modern speech, this is a kind of pointer that a teacher will give you to assist you in discovering what we're looking for um, to help you with that. And it is every bit a piece of Giwaza as anything else, meaning it is particular to the person and to the space-time in which that pointer was given to that person, okay? And some of these are just generally, they, they capture a majority of people, and that is why they get recorded and passed down over and over um, not unlike how mythology speaks to a lot of common human situations and those narratives get passed down over and over because people can find um, a reference in there and they just keep passing it and passing it. So certain upaya get passed down over and over again. Um, but it's always important, especially as you are not the person who was personally given the upaya by the teacher, to not make a dogma or a doctrine out of it. Okay, that's why I start with that. So let us see what uh, Takuan is trying to say here. And basically, uh, it goes back to a kind of rule that that we mention here, and that is uh, the way is not antithetical to reason, um, but you cannot... uh, you cannot achieve the way through reasoning. So it makes sense, in other words, but it can make all the sense in the world, and it doesn't mean that you're living it. It doesn't. It, the intellect does not uh, encapsulate being. Do you see? In many ways, the intellect 
creates a kind of gap between the doing and the doer. All right. So where you might have seen this is, for example, like in the in the class, you know all the kihon waza, um, but I can't do the kihon waza at speed of life. So within a ji waza situation, whether it be ne waza or or tachi waza, it, it doesn't matter. There's some sort of gap between. Um, my intellectual grasping of kihon waza, like I know this is ikkyo, I step with that foot, then that foot, I control the elbow, I control the wrist, and none of that will lend itself to being able to actually be the ikkyo that needs to be in the given space-time, all right? So um, that is why you often get pointers uh, that aim you away from the intellectualizing that you've been doing up until now. So if we take shu hari, your shu uh, level training is really based in the intellect. It's you trying to understand things, right? And as human beings and centuries upon centuries of this pedagogy, we know Teachers who have helped people move past that level, we know the way the human mind works, particularly the untrained mind, is it looks to understand. Do you see? And now the problem is that, as we mentioned in the last episode, you're now dancing with numbered footprints on the floor, and it just will not function. And so teachers throughout the centuries will make a problem out of the intellect. And you'll get, you'll get teachers like Takuan who will say, who will point out the trying to do it will stop you from doing it. Why? Because you, are, you have the functioning of the ego tripartite in the very phrase that you use. Who is trying to do it? You are trying to do it. So you already have a gap between you, the doer, and what is being done. It is the only way you can have you are trying to do it. Do you see? And, and you'll have another teacher who goes, you know what? All of language is binary and dichotomous. And so all of language is a problem. I, and so you'll have teachers who will just smile at you or hold up a flower or do some other sound that makes no sense. Because any time they explain it, it's dichotomous. It's creating a division um, wherein the identity pops up, and now you have that dichotomy, and now you have that spectrum of preference and avoidance, and now you have numbered footprints on the floor. On the floor. Do you see that? Some teachers will tell you um, the opposite, and this is why you have to pay attention to Paya, because they'll tell you, well, it, the, the, uh, the will to, to uh, or the desire to be awakened is necessary, and that is true. Do you see that? And you go like, wait a minute, that means I'm trying to be awakened. Yes. And you, do you get it? Because it's a new paya. You, you, you'll have some people who uh, are not doing the work that is necessary. Like, you, you, like we mentioned last time, you've got to have enough ego in there where you actually are doing the work. So um, before form becomes a problem to the reconciliation of form, you have to do way more reps than the average person is capable of doing, all right? Because awakening or freedom from form in Takuan's speech or in my speech, the reconciliation of form, um, 
you have to be a master of form. Okay, so a lot of times in our videos, uh, I bet if you look at them, there's very, there, we probably have more where we're not doing Kihon Waza because we as a group are trying to move out of Kihon Waza, do you see? Um, but if you zero me down and go, Dave, I just want to see Shomanuchi Ikkyo, and you're going to see that that form is consistently the same over and over and over again. I can stamp that thing out anytime you want. Do you see? If I'm having a problem with how to do Kaiten Nage, or even, uh, you know, you could go deeper than that um, and say, I, I do not know yet how to do an Aiki adhesion or a Koku projection, you have a problem. You're trying to get something to function before you have all the parts together. Do you see? And so what would you tell someone like that? You need to try harder. You're going to use the dichotomy between the trier and the trying. Do you see? So these are pointers, and this is, this is how you should understand them. Um, but to go back to Takuan, it's that problem that the, the intellect is functioning, and now you have a thinker and thinking, and this doesn't work. So there's a famous uh, koan or a famous Zen story where the monk comes up to the master and says, uh, Master, I, I cannot stop my mind from discriminating. Do you see? Between, uh, I cannot stop my mind from thinking dichotomously. Do you get it? And the master says, well, show me, bring me your mind. And then you can't, he can't bring the mind, you see, and he realizes, holy cow, I've been thinking of this dichotomously. Even my problem is a dichotomous problem. And then the story goes on to tell you, and he became awakened, you see. So the pointer was that what the teacher gave him. Bring me your mind then. You have such a hang-up on this mind. Bring it to me. You know, oftentimes um, I'll have conversations with people, and they don't even realize this, and I'll, I, I'll say something like, um, let me talk to the you that actually made the decision, you know, because they're denying that they made the decision in the first place. And so a lot of times we're living our lives outside of that ownership, outside of awareness that it's me who's doing it, right? And this is kind of what that, that, that I, I end up having a dichotomy even within myself, so I'm the trier and the one trying, and there's a something separate. It's like, who, who's doing the movement then? Do you see? It's you doing the movement, and this master's pointer of bring me your mind is pointing that out to him, okay? So, um, well, that doesn't really help us in this drill, right? Because you like, I want to stop doing all the things I'm getting corrected on, Okay? So in other words, I want to have that base displacement, or I want to have a Koku projection. Um, I want to stop uh, wrestling people, contesting. I want to, if they're bending forward, I want to keep them going forward. Why am I trying to shove them backwards, right? Um, what you're seeing here is that this level of Jiwaza, even with these controlled devices of having the grip prescribed and having the vector and the range prescribed, which is a huge luxury, combatively speaking, right? Do you understand that? Um, that even with those controlled devices, this training is beyond where I'm at 
yet, okay? And so the classic answer is back to form, okay? You still have gaps in your form um, where it, it, they, they are not functioning purely because they are too mechanically challenged by even this situation, okay? So, so for example, um, if we're going to have you try to uh, move away from the choreographed momentum throws, right? And let's just be upfront. In my opinion, momentum throws are for uke and the learning curve that a new uke has, okay? So when we do kihon waza and we keep your basis support and your line of gravity traveling along the same vector, in my opinion, the technique is done. You, you, you did all you could as you were working with this new uke, and now they're going to practice a role. Do you see that? It's a learning curve for new uke. It's not the technique. And we do, we do all kinds of learning curves, allowances for new people, okay? But when we're doing jiwaza, you can't do that. It, that. You're not in kihon waza. So it's not a, really a matter of learning form. It's a matter of unlearning form. So, you know, the new uke is the person that just presents their own energy prints. And you just deal with that. Okay? Um, so when you're going to do a technique in jiwaza, you are being tasked with the accomplishing of nagewaza. They must be thrown. That, that was the task before you, okay? And that means that that line of gravity must fall outside of the base of support. And the most martial way of accomplishing that is, as we discussed, I'm either going to physically displace their base of support, or I'm going to block their base of support from traveling on the same vector, as the line of gravity, or I'm going to project their base of support off of that vector that the line of gravity is going on. In this way, the athlete will not counter my technique, will not get away, all that kind of stuff, all right? But let's just take displacing their base of support. What are we seeing? It's really a problem with ground vectoring. You are double-weighting your feet. Your line of gravity is between your two feet. And so you cannot use the outside foot to generate enough force, no matter how light you're making their lower body by taking their head into either the back outward kazushi or the front inward kazushi. It is still too much mass for a double-pivot uh, idimiyashi. Do you get that? So when you hit their leg, you stop. Or your body knows there's no way you don't have the, the force output to overcome that ever-lightening leg, and so you try to go around it. And now there's no base displacement. That's what's happening. So where is the basic? Where is the form that I have to return to? It's not just irimiyashi. Just It's not just the entering step. It's actually the preceding ground vectoring on the outside foot, the single weight um, distribution. I don't have that basic yet, and therefore I cannot displace their base with mine. My base is compromised by my own technique, and so it folds under 
the mechanical requirement of displacing their base. You see, so you have to go back all that way. It won't be enough to even do, let's say, ikiomote, where you have this kind of movement all the time. If we go back and look, I guarantee you on your ikiomote, you're double-weighted. Do you see? You don't have a ground vector on the outside foot, and you're not really displacing anyone. Your uke is just going with their idealized receiving form. Do you understand? And what I tell you is even when your uke is going with their idealized form, even when it is a beginner, do you see? You should be having a geometry along these same lines. You don't have to kill them, but a little bump on the base or a tiny displacement or some awareness that I have that outside ground vector, I know I can displace. Do you see that? You're always doing that. Um, you're never just... La, 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 going here, 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 okay? There is a way to be there, and that's what's missing in a lot of these techniques. If you go back to your tesebaki that, that we mentioned, it should seem foreign to you, completely alien, that your hands are ever in the same plane, but it doesn't. Do you see? It doesn't. Because you, again, you're doing your kihon that way, and not realizing it. It's not a free-for-all in Kihon. You cannot develop your own way of doing a Kihon Waza because there are prescriptions that come with just um, mechanical superiority and tactical superiority. It's not a free-for-all, but you've been doing a free-for-all, do you see? And once we go ahead and bring some freedom to our uke, that's what's being exposed. Do, do you get that? So you have to go back. You have to figure out how is my teacher doing that technique exactly, and then you can overcome this problem. Do you see? Otherwise, even this Giwaza with these hugely advantageous control devices is above what we're able to do, right? So if you looked at what you were doing, some of you were falling when you're trying to displace, and most of you just won't displace because you know there's like, I don't have a shot, that that base is gonna knock me down, okay? All right, any other questions or comments, observations, anything on the class? Yes? Sensei, I was and speak at, up. Yes, um, I was looking at how I'm doing both the, uh, as Nagin and, and Uke, how I'm always thinking, it's like my mind is always trying to get in there. And it really, it doesn't let me feel what's happening. And then when I come back, it's almost like a conditioned black. When yeah. I come back, it's way too late. I'm, you know, I lost the, the center lock. I lost, or I lost the, the feeling of uke, bringing them in. I'm losing everything that's in the moment because my mind just is, maybe I shouldn't say my mind, but... There's that, that, that thing of, I want, I want to think. I want to think. Yes, I want yeah. I think about it before I yes. do it, and it's yeah. kind of driving me nuts. Yeah, and let's point out that we are in an age uh, where the intellect has been prioritized. Okay, this is the post-enlightenment era, 
and we have given priority to things like the intellect and things like language. And uh, Budo is pre-enlightenment, and they were well aware of the intellect. They just did not give it the priority that we give it now, okay? So if you're raised in this culture and you're raised in this era, you should understand I have a propensity to favor my intellect as how I experience the world and to use language to describe what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. And you have to go back to those early masters and they're going to tell you, well, that's going to be a big problem. Okay? And I think you, what you're trying to describe is exactly that. My thinking is getting in the way. They go, yes, exactly, exactly, okay? And you mentioned this phrase, conditioned black. So we've talked about this before. Um, I gave you another phrase for it, which is task saturated. It's just there's too much going on, um, or colloquially I use the phrase, I can't function at the speed of life, okay? It's all the same thing. There's too much going on. Well, I'm going to say... Um, you need to go back to Kihon Waza. If there's too much going on, it's because you don't have enough reps in you where much of your technique or your technical response or your tactical response is left to your kind of unconscious competency or at least to a level where you can function uh, through a metacognition, not an actual counting the footsteps on the dance floor, okay? There's not enough reps in you. And again, it, it goes back to uh, if all you want to be is a foreign specialist, you don't need a lot of reps. But if you want to reconcile form, meaning if you want to move beyond form, if you want to unattach yourself to form, if you want the freedom from form, you need to do way more reps than the form specialist does. And you need to do them better. Okay, that, that's what I'm trying to get at. I, 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 for me, when we do Kihon Waza, it's boring. As boring as all hell. Um, I wish we could just do Jiwaza. That was all we did. We just did Jiwaza all the time. You see? Um, I hate form in a way, but I'm good at them. Okay? So if you're, if you're finding that I'm not remembering where to step or how to step or all this kind of thing, it, you got to go back. You got to go down a level, way more reps, so that a lot of my repetitions can enter into this unconscious competency. And I'll use our, our firearms training, right? If I have to think about how to do a type 1 malfunction clearing, I'm not going to be very fast at that, do you see? It's got to be, uh, we want to say, like instinctual or automatic, Right, I don't. I just. I get a click, no bang, and my mind goes right to secure the magazine, make sure it's in place, rack the slide back on sites. It just happens. Do you see? If I have to think about that under stress, it is never going to perform. It will not save my life. It will get me killed. And that's kind of what you're seeing here in your Giuazzo. So if you actually find yourself thinking. It might be that propensity as a post-enlightenment modern person who's been raised 
to prioritize the intellect as the main, the main element for being, for existing. It might be that. It probably is. But it could also very well be you just don't have the reps. You need way more reps than you're doing. Okay, way, way, way more. Whatever you're thinking, it's not even close. Okay, I think that's, that's what uh, is going on here. So let, let's, uh, let's go to Ronin. And you don't really have that problem, like you guys who went with him. He's kind of just going fine. Some things, it, this is what it looks like to me, and I'll ask you if, if this is what's going on. There's times when you need to think about something, but it, it's more of that metacognition that I refer to where you're kind of just floating, observing yourself more um, as opposed to actually experience the thinking of that that's happening as a reaction to not being able to move. Do you see? You you look like you get, do have moments of metacognition, and then you just find the technique from there. What do you what do you think? Are you bombarded by this intellectualization, or what are you feeling? No, I wouldn't say I. No, I wouldn't say I. Yeah, so it's more that metacognition that, that I think does happen. So, you know, sometimes I think if you read Takuan, for example, um, it, it sounds like, you know, it opens itself up to Ikkyu's criticism. So Ikkyu is another Japanese Zen person because the concept of mushin, the concept of no mind in Zen at a particular point in Japanese history uh, just like in Aikido, the way that Aiki uh, has be, just become part of the usual discourse. And you have people talking about Aiki uh, who have no actual concept of Aiki. They just know the discourse. So at a certain time in Japanese history, people knew Mushin. They knew no mind, but they did not know Mushin. And so... Um, they, but they would do things not unlike what people do today with Aiki. They look at the kanji and they go I and ki and they try to figure it out from the language, forgetting that the way is beyond language, of course, right? So people looked at mu and they go, this means non or on and my, so no mine. And then people would go around and act like idiots. You see, they would act like they actually have no mind. They would imagine what a person with no mind would act like. So, oh, they act like they're idiots. And so you have a, a, a Zen master like EQ who's going like, no mind doesn't mean you're a jackass, okay? Um, so you might be reading Takuan, and he's all no mind, and you're trying to see, oh, there's no functioning of the intellect. Let me try for no functioning of the intellect. And this is not possible. Do you see? So again, go back to your Zazen. If you are going to force yourself to have your mind actually have no thoughts, you will never get Zazen. That is how the mind functions. The problem isn't that your mind is functioning. It's the problem is the attachment. 
and if to the thoughts that you're occurring. Though the attachment to the thinking or the, the attachment to the functioning of the intellect is what is preventing you from moving at the speed of life. And if you read Takuan closely, he does say this, okay? He's not opening the door for jackassery, okay? So his mind is functioning, but he's, obser- he's more this observer of himself as much as he is an observer of his functioning mind. Do you see that? And so it's the attachment that is the problem. So the more that we can take some elements of our kihon and put them into that unconscious competency like a type 1 malfunction clearing with a firearm, I'm going to have a better chance. I will have a better chance of this, right? Than having me, I got to think about where to step, how to move my hands, right? On top of a spiraling geometry, now my teacher wants me to displace the base. I've been doing kihon without that. Do Do you get it? It's just too much. You're going to get tasks saturated because there's too many tasks for you still at that level of your consciousness, okay? Now, if we look at Ronan, he has way more reps than you. You see that? Way more reps, okay? Um, And so it's in line with this formula. Go back, get way more reps, okay? Stop wasting time. That's key. If you're going to, this, this is not, even if you, you take my advice, it is not guaranteed. Okay? There, I, I love the story of Siddhartha, for example, where you had two friends, they're very close, they go on the same path, and one uh, reaches awakening outside of the temple, and, and one is in the temple, and he's not awakened. He's just another monk, okay? That tale is, is a reflection of reality. There is no guarantee that as you walk the path that you will reach awakening. I always say the opposite. Statistically, the guarantee is on the other side. Statistically, the guarantee is you will not be able to reconcile form, okay? But you need to set the odds in your favor. And if you're not doing the needed amount of reps for you, there's no way you're going to reach this path the way we need you to. There's no way. Okay? Anything else? Okay, we'll keep working. Thank you. This concludes this episode of Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. For more information, please visit sentiencenter.com. S-E-N-S-H-I-N-C-E-N-T-E-R.com or find us at Facebook at Sension Center and on our YouTube channel at Sension One. Thank you for listening.